Let's just go right into the word here. I leaned over at my wife, Karen, a while ago, uh, right when um, Pastor Carlos was receiving the offering. I looked at my watch, and my watch stopped at 825. It stopped at 825. So look, according to my watch, I got quite a bit of time left. <laughs> My good friend Jason Williams says his is working. His his clock, his watch is working. <laughs> I think I, I think somebody would throw their watch at me. I believe. And actually, I got one on the back wall back there, so we'll we'll we'll, we'll stay in check. Hallelujah. Anything after twelve was all on the Holy Ghost. <laughs> we just blame it on the Holy Ghost, right? My, my job is to quit at 12. Now, whatever the Holy Ghost does after that, y'all don't get mad at me. Just take it up with him. Not much arguing there, is there? <laughs> All right. Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13. Well, I feel this thing right here, and I'm going to... Uh, actually, I kind of let it out of the bag a couple of weeks ago. I let this thought, this phrase out of the bag because it was just so imprinted in, the, in my heart. And I'm just working with this thought now, and I'm just trying to get through it. And uh, it's, it's, so I'm just going to kind of go from this thought and press in. And I want to say a couple things that you may probably have heard me say maybe years ago, some things that I've used probably years ago. But when I was working on it over the weekend, and I felt like I've got some new stuff that's coming. And it's, it's in fact, I got five powerful points that I'm not going to get to today. I already know that, but I got them. I got them. I've worked on it even late last night, but, but there's a lot of in-between stuff, and so I'm trying to work there because I want to release this word over your life, and I believe it's going to change your life. Amen? Amen. Roman, I mean, excuse me, Numbers, I'll get the Romans maybe sometime this year. Numbers chapter 13, verse number 1, then, then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Send out for yourself men so that they may spy out the land of Canaan, which I'm going to give to the sons of Israel. And you shall send a man from each of their father's tribes. Everyone a leader. Somebody shout a leader. Everyone a leader among them. So Moses sent them out from the wilderness of Paran at the command of the Lord. All of them were men who were heads of the sons of of Israel. Look with me in verse number 25. If you were to continue to follow that narrative there, it would begin to name those 12 men that they had gathered together, those from those tribes. It begins to name them, and then they begin to get ready to send them into the promised land to spy it out. Verse number 25, we pick it up. And when they had returned from spying out the land at the end of 40 days, they proceeded to come to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the sons of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. And they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Thus they told him and said, We went into the land where you sent us, and it certainly does flow with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people who live in the land, they're strong. The cities are fortified and very large. And moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Um, uh, um, the Amalekites, Amalek, is living in the land of Negev and the Hittites and 
the Jebusites and the Amorites are living in the hill country and the Canaanites are living by the sea and by the side of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, we should by all means go up and take possession of it for we shall surely or we will surely overcome it. The King James says, let us go up at once and take possession for we're well able to overcome it. Somebody shout, I'm well able. But the men who had gone up with him, verse number 31, we are not able, said, the men who went up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are too strong for us. So they gave out to the sons of Israel a bad report. The King James says it's an evil report of the land which they had spied out, saying the land through which we have gone and spying it out is a land that, in de that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw are men of great size or great stature. Therefore, we also saw Nephilim. Nephilim was... Was, was the sons of Anak of the Nephilim tribe. And we became like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. I want to draw your attention back to verse number 30. And this is where I want to work on today. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, We should by all means go up. And take possession of it, for we shall surely overcome it. We shall surely overcome it. This morning, this is the thought that's been running through my spirit for the last couple of weeks. I want to talk to you about level changers. Level changers. Tell somebody in your neighborhood, I am a level changer. Come on, just tell them, I am a level changer. Just, just, just find somebody that don't even want to talk to you right now. And push on them and say, I am a level changer. Just, I am a level changer. By the way, you're standing next to a level changer. As for me and my neighborhood, we're going to change some levels. Amen. I am. I am. I am. I'm going to just prophesy that over your hearing until you get it. I am. I am. I am a level changer. That's what I am. I am. We shall surely overcome it. Let me pray for you. Father, this morning, I thank you for the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I thank you today for what you're going to do in the lives of your people. Thank you today that you will minister your word to us. Holy Spirit, you're the preacher. You're the teacher. You're the revelator, the communicator. You're the revealer of all truth. Lord, we thank you today that men and women will be set free just by the preaching of your word. Lord, we thank you today that even through the foolishness of preaching, strongholds are busted up, and the power of God, the manifested glory of heaven, will be made known in our midst today. And we give you praise and glory for it now. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody together said amen, and amen, and amen. God bless you this morning. You can be seated in the name of the Lord. Let me just begin with a couple of these thoughts that I'm working on, and uh, hopefully it'll make sense and we can tie it together by the time we get to the end of where we're going today. 
How many know that sometimes people who have a promise don't always look like it? Many times we can miss that about people and not understand their potential based on their current status. Uh, you, you can miss that on people based on their current conditions or their current circumstances. In fact, it's really easy to underestimate or to look over somebody's potential based on where they are right now. It gets really easy to look past somebody because of what they're going through right now. And if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we can prematurely judge long-term outcomes based on temporary circumstances. And many times we can look at somebody and not, not even realizing that they have a promise over their life even though they don't look like it right now. And sometimes we'll judge that person based on what they're going through right now, never realizing that locked up on the inside of them is a promise from God. And the good news about God is this, that wherever God finds you is never where he leaves you. Wherever you start at with God, Wherever you begin with God at, God is never content to let you stay on the level that you started with. Come on, just touch somebody and tell them, now I'm a level changer. That's just, just another reminder now. I'm a level changer. And, and, and people who walk with God long enough, they know these things. And people who walk with God long enough uh, begin to learn not to judge people too quickly based on their present condition. Because it's possible to have a promise and there be no evidence of that promise that you can see, but it still don't nullify the fact that I've got a promise. Just because you don't see that promise manifesting don't mean I don't have one. And just because you see me crying now don't mean I'm going to cry forever. And just because what I'm walking through right now don't mean I'm always going to live on this level. Just because there's some pain in my life right now and some struggle and even some setbacks in my life right now, don't judge me too quickly because God ain't finished with what he started. He just, he's not finished with what he put in me. And, and, and don't, 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 don't just look at my outer circumstances of what I'm walking through and what I'm dealing with and what I'm struggling for. Don't, don't begin to judge it prematurely because if God started the work, then I know enough about his character that he's going to be faithful to finish whatever he started in my life. So we have to be careful that we don't, that we don't judge it too soon because, because just because there's no evidence don't mean that he ain't working. <laughs> Hallelujah. And one of the most, I put it down this way, one of the most insidious things about oppression and bondage is not just what it does to a person physically, but what it does to a person mentally, psychologically, and emotionally, it, it, just, just being in bondage, it's, 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 it, 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 it's bad enough what it does to us physically, 
But some of the most insidious things about being locked up in bondage is, is what it does to your soul. What it does to your mind and your will and your psyche and the way you think about a thing and how you process something. And it, it, it's what it does to, the, to, to my soul, my soulish realm, my, the way I think about a thing. And so if we're not careful, we, we get locked up in bondage, not just physically, but we get locked up in bondage mentally, psychologically, and emotionally. And in our text today, I'm about to get there. It's going to get really good. And in our text today, the journey for the children of Israel coming out of or away from Pharaoh's brickyard towards the land of promise is a picture of how we are to overcome previous situations and begin to believe God or to begin to embrace the next level of our living. It's a picture coming away from bondage. The children of Israel came out of bondage, Egyptian bondage for 430-something years. They were coming out of bondage. But, but, but even though they were coming out physically, the, 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 the most insidious thing that was working against them was not what was happening to them physically, but what it was doing to them emotionally, what it was doing to them psychologically what it was doing inside their soul, what the effect that being closed up, trapped, in bondage, not just for a season but for generations, began to affect the way they process, began to affect their mind, their will, and their emotions. And here's the thing about bondage that, after you have been detained, restrained, contained, trying to make it all rhyme, maintained, <laughs> after you've been in bondage and detained for so long, you become demoralized in your soul. You become demoralized in your mind. You become demoralized in your emotions. And what happens then in those moments, self-doubt begins to creep in. It begins to set in. Even though you've been released from the power of bondage, the physical part, self-doubt begins to set in. And all you can do is remember what they said about you or what was done to you. And you stay trapped even though you're physically free you're still really trapped mentally. You're trapped, you're trapped, you're trapped. You're stuck on a level, even though physically you're free. But your mentality won't, you, won't let you express the true freedom that you have because in your soul you've been hurt, you've been wounded, you've been detained, you've been maintained, you've been blocked in. When it's done to an individual, it's hard to overcome. But just track with me now while I just push on this for a little bit. But when it gets done to a community or to a family, let me just press it on a little further. When it gets done to an entire generation, you begin to lose your reference point and you start to normalize your dysfunction. 
And what happens is once that, that mentality gets pushed down from generation to generation, now it ain't just you that's struggling with being detained mentally. Now you press that thought into your children. And then your children press that thought into their children and into their children. And the next thing you know, you have this stronghold of curses that are being magnified over your life. And it's keeping you, even though you are free physically, you are still bound mentally. And because your mind is bound mentally, it won't let you get up and enjoy the freedoms for which Christ has set you free. Somebody say, I'm a level changer. Because when self-doubt begins to set in, what you have just done, you have just now empowered generational curses to keep moving in your bloodline. Generational curses. That's why you have to be careful what you say to your children. You have to be careful how you handle your grandchildren. And you, you have to be aware of what's been in your family lineage because if, if you don't take authority over it, if you, if, you, if, you, if you don't begin to put your foot down on it, the next thing you know, everything that you struggled with in your day, it gets magnified in your children's day, then it gets remagnified in your grandchildren's day. Now you've got a curse that's been locked up for generations. And that's what was going on with the children of Israel. It wasn't just that one generation went into captivity. Now you've got 400 years of mental and psychological abuse that is happening in their mind. And although God gave them a mighty deliverance and they broke out of Egypt's bondage, it's just like the devil does to us. Even though God comes into your life and he sets you free from all of the powers of hell, if you don't begin to gravitate your mind and get your mind renewed in the things of Christ, even though you've been born again in your spirit, your mind keeps you locked back up into an old place and you never begin to excel in the full purpose and the destiny that God has for your life. I'm going to get there in a minute. But here's the thing that, that what I love about God, because how many know that God will spot you one every now and then? God, God will just work it out every now and then. And, and, and I know there's things that we're going to do, and I'll talk about that in a minute, but there, there are sometimes there are things in your life, and this is what I really, really appreciate about God, is the fact that, that he can do things, and he does things beyond us that only he can do. <laughs> And there are some things that are so twisted and dysfunctional in our life that if God doesn't get involved, if God doesn't make a move in our direction, then we never really get any better. Because if you're dysfunctional now and God don't step in, you're going to have dysfunctional children running around you at the end of the day. <laughs> oh, Lord, keep loving me right now, all right? See, now while the children of Israel was in Pharaoh's brickyard, they had a promise. They had a word, but they didn't know how to get it. God had told them hundreds of years prior to, to them being released out of Egyptians' bondage, I've given you a land. I have promised you a land. It came through Abraham, 
God had given them a promise that it ain't always going to be like this right here. You're not always going to be serving a taskmaster above you. You're not always going to be making brick without straw. You're not always going to be told when to get up and when to go to bed. You're not always going to live at this level. And sometimes what God does is God steps in the middle of the impossible. He steps in the middle of the curse. He steps in the middle of the dysfunction. He steps in the middle of the psychological captivity that is going on in your head. He says, I'm just going to do something beyond your control because I'm going to let you know that if I gave you the promise that I'm powerful enough to make sure that I can deliver on the promise because I'm God and besides me, there's nobody else. I'm God and there's no comparison to me. So what God does is, and he does it in multiple fashions, but it was, it, it, in, in this particular case that we're working on, it was a multiple, multiple generations that had been born in bondage Raised in bondage. All they ever knew was bondage. So God does these amazing things like he just lets the enemy know. He just lets Pharaoh know. He just lets the taskmasters know. He just let, let the, 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 the leaders over the brickyard know that I'm God and I've given my children a promise and you can't stop it. Even if you wanted to, I'm God. And if you keep messing with me, I'll throw some epidemics on you. I'll throw some plagues on you. I'll start. I'll turn all the water in the blood. I'll make sure that every corner of your house is filled with frogs. <laughs> Jesse the Plantis used to preach a sermon one more night with the frogs. I'll make sure that everything that has hair or fur will be covered with lice. I'll send flies that you can't kill enough in one day to relieve yourself. Not only that, I'll make sure that all your livestock, everything that you put stock in, I'll kill it. I'll put boils on your body. I'll let it rain down hell from the heavens. I'll, put, I'll send in the locusts like a mighty army. I'll put darkness all over the land. And if you still don't believe me, I'll start killing your firstborn because I'm God. And when I give a promise to my children, can't nobody stop it. I'm God and I'm God all by myself. And there's some things that you can do, but there's some things that I can do, says the Lord. And sometimes you just got to thank God that you were, when you were dysfunctional, when you were in a mess, when you were tied up in bondage, when you didn't didn't know how to get free God said I'm just going to step out of eternity through my son Jesus and I'm going to make a way where there seems to be no other way because I'm God I'm God and I can do it if I want to so God has to do something for them this is God's part God has to do something for them that they cannot do for themselves now, you would think, I would think, that after about two or three of these miracles, I'd start changing my mind. Okay, maybe, maybe the water turning into blood was a chance. Maybe the frogs, all right, I don't know, you know, we, there's frogs in the land. They had an overnight multiplication. They got busy. But when one plague came after another, when one miracle 
begin to come one after another, you would think that the people that was being set free would begin to repent. Y'all going to catch me in a minute. The word repent literally means to change your mind. You, you would think that once you started seeing like one after another, because Pharaoh done said, I ain't letting none of y'all go. So God says, that's all right. I'm bigger than Pharaoh. I'm under compulsion. I'll compel him to let you go because I'm God and can't nobody stop what I want to do. So he said, I'm just going to move in the way I want to move in. And you would think maybe, maybe, maybe you're a little stubborn. Maybe you had to get down to about miracle number seven or miracle number eight. Maybe you're just holding out until the tenth miracle. But at some point in time, you got to be thinking, boy, there's something going on here that I didn't have nothing to do with. There's something going on here that I didn't put on my planner. There's something that's taking place right here that I did not, I did not detect could happen. At some point in time, you'd have to start saying, you know what? There's some amazing things happening around us. And rather than being critical about my situation, rather than fussing about my city, y'all ain't going to help me, but I'm going to preach anyway. Rather, rather than being critical about my government, my nation, Rather than just throwing darts at everything that I don't like, maybe I need to start changing my mind and realize just because it don't look like I got a promise right now don't mean that God is finished doing what he said he would do. Just because it ain't coming around at the level that I want it to come around or in the time frame. You know, that's, how, that's what we do, right? We manipulate God in our time frame. And God says, I'll let you all die in the wilderness. It makes no difference to me because I can't be manipulated by your pouting. I can't be manipulated by your tincture tantrums. I can't be manipulated by you being mad and upset. I am God and I move not based on your timing, not based on your will, but I move based on because of who I am. And when I get ready to deliver... I don't care how long you've been bound up. I don't care how bad the problem's been. I don't care how sick you were. When I get ready to deliver, can't no man stop me. Can't no devil in hell thwart me because I'm God and besides me, there is no other. Come on, push on somebody and tell them now, I'm a level changer. I'm a level changer. I'm just trying to give you some hope today that God is at work in our life. So God begins to do these amazing things. And sometimes you, it may not look like it. You may not even feel like it. You maybe not even can imagine it. But if you just keep walking with God long enough, if you just quit, uh, quit if you just quit, that's another word. That's a new word, queet. Some of y'all tweet, I queet. <laughs> you just keep walking with God long enough and not judging the circumstances prematurely. You'll find out that whatever God has promised, ugh, he's going to be faithful to deliver. I'm going to find me a church to preach to in a minute. 
And, and you just, this, that's why when I get around people, I tell people this all the time when we're working counseling together, I don't really call it counseling because that, that's, that can get you in trouble. When we're just sharing the love of Christ together, when we're just working it out together, I just say just stay on the journey. If you just stay on the journey, if you just keep putting one foot in front of the other, I know there's all kind of hell around you now. I know there's all kind of assignments that are against you right now. Just don't get off the journey. Just, just don't fall away from God. Just keep leaning in. Just, just keep pressing in. Just keep showing up. Half the battle is just showing up. Just keep letting the devil know. You tried to take me out, but you know what? This is the day that the Lord has made, and I, I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it, and I'm just going to lean in. And sometimes when I don't feel like walking, I'm just going to lean in with my faith, when I'm just going to lean into the promises of God. And don't judge me prematurely just because you don't see it happening right now. Don't mean I don't believe that God can still do it. Tell somebody I'm a level changer now. I'm a level changer. Come on, some of y'all ain't telling nobody. I'm talking to you. Tell somebody I'm a level changer. I'm a level changer. That's what I am. That's what I am. That's what I am. I am. I am. I'm looking all y'all in the eyes. I am. I am a level changer. I refuse to be defined by my current level. I refuse to let the enemy dictate over my life. This is the way it's going to be because I am a level changer. Surely we shall overcome it. Surely God is well able. I am a level changer. So in our text, Moses sends out these 12 leaders. Called them spies, but he went on to identify them as leaders of the tribes. He sends out these leaders, these spies, into the land for 40 days. And they come back saying, after 40 days of checking out the promise, they come back and they said, whoo, guess what? It's a land flowing with milk and honey. It's the same word that was given to them 400 years ago prior to their arrival. Just because it don't look like it's not working don't mean that God ain't working it. <laughs> they said we went into that land because all we've ever known was Egyptian bondage. But we went into that land and let me tell you something, it is a land that flows with milk and honey. If we took the time to read the narrative, you will find out that it took two men to carry one cluster of grapes. I mean, there was fruit in there that you could dine on. There was fruit in there, grapes as big as cantaloupe. Glory. It's a land that flows... With everything God said it had. It's a land of plenty. It's a land of opportunity. It's a land that's waiting on us to occupy. Your promise is waiting on your feet to get there. 
But 10 out of the 12, I'm going to get there in a minute. Y'all, y'all doing all right? 10 out of the 12 came back, and the Bible says, and they began to spread. This is why your negativity is not healthy. Come on, look at somebody next to you and say, don't be, me, don't, 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 don't be so mean. Come on, just tell them, don't be so mean. Come on, just tell them, lighten up, it's going to get better. You ever been around them mean Christians? Huh? Don't look at nobody. Y'all ever been around them mean Christians? I mean, they just mad. It's like they were baptized upside down in lemon juice. They just mad, always, like, just mad, just mad. Woke up mad. Worked all day mad, went home, and went to bed mad. Let me just say, you part of the problem. <laughs> We're trying to get a move of God running through the land, and all you can see is and be is bad and mad. Hmm. Well, preach. I'm trying. Ten came back. Who were the two that came back with a good report? Joshua and Caleb. Who were the ten that came back with a negative report? Their names are in there with Joshua and Caleb. You know what it is? Nobody remembers a critic. Everybody remembers Joshua and Caleb, but we ain't going to put no attention to your critics. See, that's why you better learn how to turn off the news because I ain't got time for critics because even though it don't look like God ain't doing nothing, I've got a promise, baby. Even though it looks like the economy is flipped upside down, I've got a promise, baby. God is working it out. Even though my children are running away from God, I ain't worried about it right now. i got a promise. i got something on the inside of me that says, I will not let it die. I will not let it go because I've got a promise. So the, the 10, the 10, I, this, I hope this mic ain't too loud. It feels really good up here. By the way, Pastor Corey, Pastor Porter, y'all, whatever y'all did, God loves you so much. Y'all work magic on this thing. <laughs> Hallelujah. I hope it ain't loud out there for y'all. Is that all right? Because I, I, I feel myself like exerting my voice, and I don't want you to like, good God, he's so loud. So the 10 whose names are in there, but we don't remember them, who were leaders, but we don't remember them, came back with a negative report, watch this, and it stopped the movement of God. Now, this is just my, 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 my thoughts, okay? This ain't like Holy Ghost breathe. It ain't like woke up at 3 in this morning and got a revelation. But may I just submit to you, Maybe one of the reasons why we don't see God moving in America at the level that we want to is because we got too many complaining Christians. Because we just fussing about everything. And, and, and God said, listen, you know what? Just stay right there. Even though you have been set free physically, you are still bound up because you won't let your mind get to the next level. You will not learn how to Metaneo, that's the word repent in the Greek. You will not metaneo. You will not change the way you process something. And when the leaders came back, 
They said to the people, the land that we went to spy, in that land, it's a land of stronger people. It's a land where the cities have been fortified. And not only that, we saw the sons of Anak there from Nephilim. In other words, there were giants in the land. We became like grasshoppers in their mind. And so we were in them. So in other words, what they thought about themselves, that's what they thought the enemy thought about them. What you think about yourself is what you think the enemy thinks about you. So if you see yourself depressed, defeated, struggling, barely getting along, guess what? That's what your enemy thinks about you. Because that's the way you behave. Preach. Notice, watch now. This is this is this this is this is where we kick in. Notice that it was the estimation of the leaders that began to mark the boundaries for the next generation. Can I just take a, a commercial break right here and speak to the men? Men, you're the leader of your home. Got about three amens. The rest of y'all better nod your head. You better act like something because I'm going to come right down your lane in a minute. Okay, don't get quiet on me. I'll go to hunting like crazy you get quiet on me because I know there's some good prey right then. Men, you are the leaders in your family. You don't send your wife and children to church. You bring them. You are the prophet, the priest, and the king over your house. You don't let your wife do all the praying. You say, well, I'm just, I don't really know how to pray. Oh, yeah, you do. Pray like you're talking to your football game. Pray like you're talking to an adversary that just came in to try to steal your hunting rifle. Pray like somebody just ripped your boat off. Y'all not going to help me, but I'm coming down that lane. I mean, just stand up and say, huh, devil, not today. You ain't getting up in my family. You ain't taking my tribe. You ain't messing with my children. You ain't putting none foot in the side of my dwelling. Because as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As simple as that. It don't take no more than that. You ain't got to be spiritual spooky. You ain't got to know as many verses as your wife. But you can stand in your home and speak to your problem and say, not today. I will take authority over my blessing. I will take authority over it. And just take your place. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you know what we need in America? Pastor Mark prayed about it about three or four weeks ago. What we need in America, Vivian, uh, Viva prayed about it last Tuesday. What we need in America is a movement of men. We need a movement of men who understand, I've been anointed to kill giants. I've been anointed to take possession. I've been anointed to overthrow the powers of hell. And we need some men to rise up. We need some leaders in the house. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. We need some men that will stand there because you know what, men, whether you like it or not, you have been built for battle. There's something in you that your wife does not have. I know she can pray in tongues. I know she is spiritual. But at the end of the day, she's leaning on your strength. She's hoping that you will rise. She's hoping you will put one foot out and say, I'm going to take every shot the enemy has because I'm going to protect everything behind me.
Push on somebody and tell them I'm a level changer. I'm a level changer. I am. I am. I'm going to look at all y'all in the eye. I am a level changer. I am. I am. I am a level changer. The enemy needs to know, boy, you touch somebody in my household. Woo! Don't think I'm going to pull down the shutters and button down the hatch. Don't think I'm going to close the garage door and turn out the light. I'm coming out with both fists swinging. I'm, I might even have to give you a Jedi move. I may have to come out with a kick between the teeth, but I'm coming, and I'm coming with every ounce of power, every ounce of authority, every ounce of God-given ability to take you on. Because that's what men do. Okay, that was free. What men do. It's what men do. Because it was the estimation of the leaders. And y'all know all the women here, y'all know, y'all know we need you. Come on, I need, I need a little help from the women. Y'all know we need you. Hadn't been for you, the church wouldn't be nowhere. Because when the men wouldn't step out, you stepped in. Thank God for you. It was the estimation of the leaders that set the boundaries and the perimeters over the next generation. I'm telling you what's going on in our nation today. We want the church to rise. We want America to be America again. Let me tell you, it'll happen when the men in the church begin to rise. And we begin the estimation of what we're called to do. And we make sure that we pass it down to the next generation so that when the next generation comes against their giants, they're going to say, hey, my daddy killed a giant. I can kill a giant. My daddy possessed some land. I can possess some land. When the leaders came back, they said, we can't do this. We can't. Ten of them said, we can't. We can't. We can't. They were imposing these Boundaries, that's the, uh, that's the word I like. They, they were imposing these restrictions. It was the, the leader's ability to determine those boundaries for the next generation. It was the people who were head of their tribe. Say, well, my family's split up, we're divorced, whatever. You still got to try. I don't care if you ain't seen your kids in five years, they're yours. Check it on the mic. I won't wait on you. Don't give up. They go into the land. Watch this. Let me just put it this way they go with a promise. They have a promise. It's the promise that they've been talking about for hundreds of years. And this becomes almost impossible to believe for this generation now. It's almost, I can't even wrap my mind around it. Here you are on your way to your promise. You're on your journey to the most significant, monumental move in generations to come. And you're moving 
into this land. You've done seen the ten plagues. You've watched God get you to the Red Sea. And you watch it divide miraculously. And you walked across on dry ground. And you get to the other side. And all of a sudden when Pharaoh and his army decides they want to pursue you. When the devil gets involved in your pursuit. He gets into the middle of what you just crossed. And God closes the book. You just crossed something that your enemies cannot cross. And then you get into the wilderness and you need a shade because you're in a desert. So you need a shade by day. It's cold at night because it's a desert. So God puts a pillar of fire by night, a cloud by day. So you have room temperature 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at 72 degrees. So you get a little hungry and God says, I know you didn't have enough when you left Egypt, so I'm just going to give you manna from heaven. I'm just going to supply you with your daily bread. I'm going to give it to you from heaven. And I know you got to have something to drink. I know you got to feed and water your livestock. So what I'm going to do, I'm just going to let water come out of a rock the whole time while you're here. You'll never like for thirst. I'm telling you, by now, I will be thinking, God must be on my side. At some point, I got to start thinking, man, I got to change my mind. God must be really at work. But they're no different than most of us. God can be so good that you can be so tangled in your soul, so emotionally traumatized, psychologically traumatized, mentally traumatized, that all you can think about is where you came from. All you can think about is all the bad that ever happened to you. Rather not looking around, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Rather not opening up your eyes and say, hey, God is at work because I should have died about 10 years ago. The, 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 the crash should have killed me. I should have overdosed on drugs. I should have been divorced because I wasn't that good to my family. I shouldn't even be a good father right now. But God has been good to me. But all we can do is talk about the failures. All we can do is talk about the fault. And I'm just trying to tell you, just open up your eyes, Israel, and see that God is with you. with you. He's with you. So you can live. Let me, I'm, I need to hurry. Oh, I really do need to hurry. You can, my watch stopped. Jason's hasn't. You can live in bondage for so long that no matter what God does, your grasshopper mentality will rob you of a future promise even though you have it now. You will be robbed of future promises and opportunities because you can never see yourself living on the other side. I'm preaching to this house today. I'm telling you, I'm coming out. I'm, listen, I, I, I may look mad if you don't know me. I may look bad. I'm not mad. I'm just intense because I'm attacking something. 
I'm attacking something. I am attacking something. I'm attacking the mindset because I know what God has said about the city. I know what God has said about this region. I know what God has said about most of y'all's lives. And I refuse to let the devil rob it on my watch. I refuse to let the devil step up in here and act like we can't do nothing when God has already put a promise on the inside of us. Come on, push on somebody and tell them for real, I am a level changer. No, I mean, you're just pushing on them like that. Yeah, yeah, I am. I am a level changer. Let me, let me give you, Caleb came back, Caleb and Joshua came back. They said these two things. Let me give you these two things to consider. Number one, they said, let us go up at once. That should be on the screen. They said, let us go up at once. Somebody shout, shout at once. Let us go up at once. Because there's something about delay that gives your enemy time to fortify his position. Let us act now. When is faith? Now. When is salvation? Now. Let us act now. Let us go up at once now. Because the longer we put it off, we give power to the enemy to fortify his resistance against what God has already broke down. Woo. Woo. Let us go up at once. Hey, let, let, me, let me give you the Pelham translation. Let's do this now while it's on us. Let's do it now while it's on us. Somebody said to me a couple weeks ago about these buildings and everything. Said, Why are you building them now in the midst of a crazy recession, jacked up economy? And my answer was simple. Because it's on us now to do it. And I'm not looking for confirmation from the government. I'm not looking for confirmation from the banks or from the GPD. Yeah, what do you call it? GPD? What? The LOM or whatever you call it. I'm not looking for the confirmation of the stock market. I have a confirmation from the Lord, and that's good enough for me. It worked with my family. It worked with my children. It worked when I was down and out. God blessed me because I believed his word. I believed his word against the struggle. I know there's giants in the land. Oh, Lord, give me time to get there. Some of y'all are going to be throwing chairs at me in a moment. It's going to be so good. I know there's giants in the land. I know there are fortified cities in the land. I know there are tribes that, are, that have been fighting warfare for centuries prior to my arrival. And I know they have all the military might that any army could have. But God put us in the land not so that we could vacate it. He put us in this land to occupy because it don't belong to the enemy. It belongs to Jehovah, the Lord our God, creator and maker of the universe. Who it belongs to. Jesus said, Go into all the world and make disciples. Here's the interpretation the church is the teacher, and the world is the student. We go into the world and we teach them how to live for Christ. Make disciples. 
baptizing them, heal the sick, cast out devils, throw an Amorite out of your land, throw a Canaanite out of your land, throw a Jebusite out of your land, throw uh, the sons of Anak out of your land. Do it now before you talk yourself out of it. Do it now while it's on you. Do it now while God's breathing it. This will be on the screen. The longer you delay, the stronger your enemy becomes. Just keep putting off that sin. Watch the enemy build a stronghold out of it. Keep acting like you don't need God. Watch how far away you get away from God. If you keep putting it off, all you're doing is reinforcing the enemy's position against your life. And Caleb was saying, let's don't hesitate. Let's go get it. Let's go up at once. See, because the word, the fame of Israel had already gone through the land. In fact, when you get to Joshua chapter 6, the Bible says, and Jericho, one of the fortified cities, Jericho was tightly shut up because of the sons of Israel. Nobody went out and nobody came in. You know why? Because they were fearful of God's army that was moving through the land. You just got to know your devil is already fearful of you. It's not what the devil thinks about you. It's what you think about yourself. That's why you got to change your mind. Hmm. Number two, Caleb said, we're well able. We're well able. Caleb and Joshua saw what everybody else saw. But he refused to be moved by what he saw. You know why? Because he saw a promise. See, if you don't carry that word in your heart, that promise from God, you're going to be intimidated by what you see. You're going to be intimidated by the economy. You're going to be intimidated by your adversaries. You don't think you'll ever rise because you do all you do is you just judge everything around you based on where you're at. Y'all ain't helping me now. Caleb said, we're able. Caleb and Joshua saw the same thing that the other ten spies saw. They just had a different report. Caleb said, we're well able. Somebody shout, I'm able. That word able is the, the, the Hebrew word yakol, which literally means to have power. It means to have the capacity to prevail or to succeed. It's the ability or the power to do. I'm just, I'm just using all the words that it has in the Hebrew language. It means to experience or to understand something. Caleb was saying, we have the capacity. It's not out there. It's in here. Because in here, 
is a promise. In here is a word. Everything out here is subject to change based on what's in here. We keep wanting things to change out there so we can release what's in here. But God says, I'm going to put it in here and you just keep moving in here until you get the capacity to believe it to change out there. And you just keep leaning into it. There's giants in the land. There's fortified cities. The sons of Anak there. The Nephilim gods are there. These giants are there. We've never seen anything like it. Don't matter. I got a promise. I got a promise that says we are well able to overcome it. I know the rest of you got a, 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 a messed up view. You got a mind that's been damaged by your prison. You got a mind that's been damaged by your bondage. You keep psychologically drafting back to Egypt. But I've got a promise that won't let me back up. It keeps pushing me towards the things of God. I'm preaching harder than y'all shouting right now. I know y'all watching, watching the time. I am too. Just let me get there. We're well able. Push on somebody in your neighborhood and tell them you can do this. Caleb was saying we have within ourselves the capacity. It can grow because God put it there to occupy this next level. Born in bondage, raised in bondage. All I ever known was bondage, but God put a word. I'm trying to tell you, I don't care how long your life has been messed up. I don't care how long the enemy has had the upper hand over your life. I don't care if you've been bound by drugs, alcoholism, pornography, whatever. Marriage after marriage, divorce after, I don't care. It don't matter what it's bound marriage. It don't matter how rebellious your children have been it don't matter because you've got a word in here and that word in here is stronger than what is against that word out there <sighs> okay let me I, let me close all right your capacity this will be on the screen your capacity cannot increase if you're always drawn to your comfort You cannot grow your capacity if you keep gravitating to what is comfortable. It'll never expand. People don't occupy next level. It's because they can't get away from the people on the previous level. Okay. <laughs> okay. Y'all going to make me, I got two minutes, y'all going to make me wear it out. All right. All right. Okay. You have to come out of comfort and into courage. <laughs> you got to come out of being comfortable. And see, that, 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 that hurts us as Americans because we have lived comfortable in America. Listen, you, the, 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 the Ukrainian government is being threatened by Russia. Russia is probably, they may have already attacked by now. I don't know. They'd already started dropping missiles. But you know what the church in the Ukraine was doing? You know what they were doing on Sunday morning? They were standing in their church services magnifying and praising the Lord and dancing like they didn't have no mind. They were giving God praise because you know what? They're not threatened by an enemy on the outside because we got enough courage to live out the promises of God.
But no, we live in America where we got to have it comfortable to praise him. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, don't, I, I'm not even going to go down that road. I'm not, I'm, y'all, y'all push me down that road, but then y'all going to get mad if I go. Deuteronomy 31.6 said, God said to Moses, said, you tell, you tell the children of Israel, be strong and be courageous and don't fear them or the dread that's in them for I am the Lord thy God and I am with you. I am with you. You just got to, I just want to be comfortable. You're part of the problem. Because you only want to occupy when it's convenient. You wouldn't have never even made that generation that crossed the Jordan River when it was at flood stage because you was waiting for it to dry up. See, there, y'all, y'all pushed me down. Y'all done got mad. Now I got to fix it. Caleb and Joshua saw everything else that the other ten spies saw. They saw everything else that the other ten leaders saw. When everybody else was making excuses on why they couldn't, they were getting bigger. You know what I've been doing in this pandemic when everything's like supposedly shut down? Thank God for Florida. Calling my friends in Canada, I say, y'all better move to Florida if y'all want to move with God because apparently y'all ain't going to do nothing up there. You, you know why Florida is on everybody's radars? Because people in Florida put a backbone up. And we had, thank God we had a decent governor that said we're going to back it up. I'm just telling and, and don't say that, well, that's just a good governor. I'm telling you, that's the will of the people. Let me make it, let me make it, that's the will of the church. Come on, talk to me up in here. And, 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 and that's what you got. You got to have some courage to say, you know what, I got all this against me, but you know what, God is with me. And if God be with me, who can ever be against me? There are more for me than there are that are against me. God is a majority all by himself. Ah. I, don't need, I don't need a backup. I got God. <sighs> okay, let, let, me, let, me, let me get to this point, then we, we can close. Okay? Is this all right? If I, if I just stop it right now, y'all are going to be like, oh, that, that, that fell flat. Okay. I promise that it's just about three minutes and I'm out of here, okay? Then the Holy Ghost, whatever. <laughs> People who fail to move to new levels emotionally, psychologically, mentally become stuck in their previous experiences and they never grow beyond that experience. You know, let me put it, let me put it in, in, in Bible terms. That's religion. You know what that is? That's old wineskins. And Jesus said, hey, if you're going to handle this, this new wine, this new outpouring, you're going to have to change your skins. Whew. You, you, you got to get a new skin in the game. If not, you're going to keep gravitating 
to an old experience and what's going to happen, the new wine's going to be poured into old wineskins and you're going to lose them both. <sighs> when levels are not achieved, we start taking laps. Too many people are taking laps and not levels. You know the reason why you keep marching around that same old mountain? It ain't God's fault. He's already delivered you. Y'all not helping me. The reason why you, you waiting on God to just woo, zap something and make it free for you. No, the reason why you keep walking around that same old mountain, it's not because God didn't deliver you. It's because you won't change your mind. Okay, here we go. All right, this is, we're going we're gonna to land this plane. I see the runway. Brother Don, I see the runway. Lights are on. Coming in. Coming in hard. Coming in fast. The level of anxiety that we live with reveals how often we subject ourselves to inferior things. You know what inferior things are? It's the words of the enemy. You know what the superior things are? It's the word of God. The reason why we got not just America, but Christians in America living on anxiety medicine Y'all just look my way. Please don't look at them. All strung out. It's because you're living your life based on inferior things rather than superior things. Now, I'm not, I'm not, please don't throw me, don't, don't throw me way over there and say, you know, well, he don't care for people that need anxiety medicine. Yeah, if you need it, take it, whatever. I'm just telling you, I'm just telling what we make out of it. Half the mental problems will be solved if you just started thinking right. Y'all not going to say nothing. That's all right. I didn't come here for your applaud. I came here to push on something, all right? The level of anxiety that we live with reveals how much subject, how, how much, how, how often we subject ourselves to the inferior things. Here we go. The enemy is constantly working to distract us with his word versus God's word. Last verse in Matthew 13, Jesus talks about the parable of the seed and the sower, right? He said, the sower goes out and he sows the seed. And immediately, the fowls of the air come and steal the seed. Immediately once it's been sown. Fowls of the air is a representation of demons and devils. Unclean spirits, unclean birds. When the word is sown, how many know that, how many know that seed is the word of God? When, when God gives a word inside of you, when God puts a promise inside of you, immediately there's opposition. That's why you have to take that word and put it into your heart. You got, you got to take the seed of God's word and plant it into the soil bed of your heart to protect it because anything unprotected and guarded is subject to be lost. So, so when God gives you a word, when God, I'm just using the word promise. When you have a promise from God, don't just let it lay around. Put it inside your heart. 
That's why you got to read the word. I'm telling you, 21st century Christians in this day will not be successful in the things of God without a knowledge of the word. You got you to put the word in your heart because the enemy is coming to steal the word immediately. It's coming. It's coming, okay? The birds come to steal the seed. The enemy always comes to steal what God has declared over your life. The power is in the seed. The soil is where the seed gets planted. The seed needs the soil to protect it. But within that seed, is enough power for its own fulfillment. So it gets planted. Anything left untended, unattended is easily stolen. You've got to protect the promise. How do you protect it? Pray over it. Declare it. Work it. Here's the second thing that the enemy does. This is not on the screen. These are just thoughts that I had because I'm closing. If the enemy can't steal it, this is what he does. He plants his seed next to it. Now you have weeds. The enemy plants contrary words to strangle out the word of God. Wheat and tares. Understand now, God's word has all the power, all power. Am I right? The devil has none. I don't want to lose you on this point. This, this, I'm, t- I'm trying to land it because it, it'll be flat if I don't do it right, okay? You're going to be walking and say, golly, man, that landed flat. God's word has all authority. The devil has none. I don't think all y'all got it yet. God's word has all authority. The devil has some of y'all like, just convince me. Okay, I'm trying. The only authority that the devil has is what you meditate and ponder on and give license to. Yep. The devil has no authority. But when you begin to ponder his words... When you begin to meditate on his words, when you keep looking at the giants, when you keep looking at the impossible situation, you are given thought. You are pondering. You are meditating on the enemy's words. He had no power, but you loaned him some of yours. Come on. I wish you'd preach, preacher. 
He has none. So I'm asking you, quit giving him authority over what God has promised you. If God said it, I don't care what the world says. I don't care what it looks like. Just because you don't see it don't mean I don't have it. Just because it's working on the inside of me don't mean that I'm, don't prematurely judge me. <laughs> okay, you better stand. You better stand. You better stand. You better stand. <laughs> Worship team, slowly moving, coming forward. Here we go. Watch. Don't, don't miss on about the sick because we're going to go home on this right here. The devil's word only has impact and power over me when I agree with it. That's not God's fault. That's my fault. God says, see, I've given you the land. There it is. I tell you what, when you walk out of this church today, just kind of do a 360 and just say, I'm just looking at the glazed region. That's my territory. That's where God has planted my feet to drive out every spirit, to drive out every doctrine of demons, to become a witness of his power right here in my territory. No matter what it looks like out there, I'm not giving license. I'm not going to help the devil work against me. That's a real, y'all missed a real good spot to say amen right there. Stop helping the devil help you work against you. It's a mind change. It's the way I think about it now. I know, I know everybody's thrown off because Pastor Corey's up there playing the keys. That's where it is. I'm wondering why y'all just staring past me. Now I know. We're so easily distracted, aren't we? No wonder we're not possessing. And the devil knows that about us. All he's got to do is distract us. Let me, let me show you how bad it is. Now, how many's, got a, how many's got an iPhone or a smartphone, whatever? Some of y'all like I don't know where he's going with this, so I ain't going to raise my hand. How many's got a social media page somewhere? Facebook, Instagram, China, I mean TikTok. Um, what else? What else? Tell me some more, Pastor Corey. YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, right? Podcast, okay, Snapchat, Snapchat, Woo. all the teenagers say, I ain't got that. Just to show you how many get up in the morning, the first thing you do is look at your phone. Don't raise your hand. Just be honest in your own heart. That's the first thing you do. And I know we can say, well, I'm just checking business. <laughs> I'm just checking my email, see if I got some business going on, you know, like liar, liar, pants on fire. You're checking your status. You know what? Because that has more authority than God's word. 
I just want to challenge you. First thing you ought to do when you get up is say to the devil, Woohoo, guess who's awake? Guess who's awake? I'm up and I'm about to overthrow your camp. saying I'm just I'm just using those are so practical but we're so bound and distracted and every time we look at something that's contrary to God's word it didn't have power until we gave it some of our authority now it's working against us I didn't get to where I want to go today but thank God there's next Sunday right unless the rapture happens right Praise the Lord, we'll sing in a sweet by and by. We'll sing all up there. Come on, look at somebody next to you and say, I'm a level changer. Come on, tell them I'm a level changer. I got some good levels that we're going to change next week. I got some real good levels we're going to change next week. I am a level, level changer. Amen. Come on, one more time, throw your hands up and begin to magnify the Lord all over the building. Come on, let's praise him one time. We're just going to worship him. We're going to praise him. Look at them and say, hey, we're going to change levels together. Come on, just tell them we're going to change. We're going to change some levels. Come on, just high five them, fist pump them, whatever you want to do. But just tell them we're going to change some levels together. That's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. We're going to change it together. Amen. This is the last prayer. Let me do this before we go, okay? Let me just do this real quick. Maybe you're in here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Maybe you don't know him. Maybe you did it one time, but now you have lost that connection. You feel like maybe now you're in a backslidden condition. You've drifted away from his presence. And you know today that, you know what, I just, you're saying to yourself, I just, I need to get it right. I need to get it right. I need to either rededicate or I need for the first time to make Jesus Christ 
the Lord over my life. I need to surrender my will to his will because I need him in my life. If you're in here today, you got to know there's only two types of people in this room, those that are born again and those that are lost. Those who have a relationship with Jesus Christ and those who do not. In reality, it's those who are on their way to heaven and those who are on their way to hell. There's no room in the middle. If you're in this place today and you're surrounded by a family of people that has made that decision to make Jesus Christ their Lord and their Savior. I mean, this is a family of hardcore believers. They love God with all their hearts. But you're in here today and you say, you know what? Preacher man, I got to get it right. I just got to get it right. If that's you in this place, on the count of three, it's going to take courage. We talked about courage. It's going to take courage to live for God. It's going to take a lot of courage. It's going to take a lot of courage to live forward and not backwards. Anybody can float down a river that's dead. But God's looking for somebody that can go against the current. You're in this place today and say, you know what, I need to make that prayer today. If that's you, just throw your hand up real quick right there where you are. God bless you. I see your hands. Anybody all over the building, I see multiple hands are going up. Say, today I need to make that prayer. I need to make that decision. I'm going to make it here and I'm going to make it strong. Anybody else all over the building, I see your hand. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to make that prayer strong and I'll make it really strong in my heart. I'm going to make it strong. Five more seconds and we're going to pray. If that's you, raise your hand right where you are. Thank you. I see your hands. Thank you. This is what I want us to do real quick. I promise you we won't take two minutes of your time. It won't be but two minutes. But if you raised your hand, and there are multiple people that did, will you just give me the honor? Would you give me the privilege to take a 30-second prayer and pray it over your life right here at this altar? I just want to look at you and pray with you. If you raise your hand, will you just move out of your seat and meet me right here, right now? Come on, church. Let's bless them as they come. Come on. Let's bless the Lord as they come. Come on. It takes a lot of courage. There you go. Come on. It takes a lot of courage. That's it. That's it. Just spread out right there. It takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot, a lot. I need, I need all of our folks to get behind them. I need our altar workers, staff, anybody. Miss Pam, y'all come. Sweetheart, can you just come over here right here? Did you come? There you go. Can you just stand right there? Amen. Amen. Church, before I pray, will you just give God a great big God bless you for this right here? I'm telling you. It takes... It takes a lot of courage. I know it does. It takes a lot of courage. But I want to make this prayer, but this is what the Bible says. The Bible says, if we will confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. We'll be saved. It's not about how you feel. It's about what you believe. Because sometimes I believe without feeling anything. Now, you can feel it, but you don't have to. But when you confess, when you confess with your mouth, Jesus will enter into your heart. And from this day on, you're going to become something radically new. That old life is going to be passed away, and you're going to begin something new and fresh from this day on. We're all going to help you. Watch this. The entire church is going to pray this prayer after me, and I want you to pray it too. you got to open up your mouth, and you got to say it. You have to pray it. you got to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. The whole church is going to pray. Pastor Corey on the microphone is going to pray. But we're going to pray it like we mean it. And today is the beginning of something brand new in your life. Now I'm going to ask you to do this last thing. All over the world, when you raise your hands, it's a sign of surrender. 
I'm going to ask you to just raise your hands right there where you are because you're saying, Lord, I'm surrendering my heart. See, there you go. Raise your hand. There you go. We're surrendering our hearts. Church, let's pray together, and you pray out loud with me. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus. I come to you just like I am. And I'm asking you today to forgive me of my sins. And I repent today of all my sins. And I thank you today that the blood of Jesus covers me. It washes me. It cleanses me. And from this day forward, I'm clean. I'm clean in my spirit. I'm clean in my heart. And I commit today to live the rest of my days following after you. And I thank you for that today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. That's it. That's it. something, something they can take home. If you came with them, you can go right in there and meet them if you like to. But hey, listen, I'm saying we're going to change levels. Amen. We're going to change some levels. We're going to change some levels. Amen. Hey, God bless you. We love you. Have an incredible week. We'll see you Tuesday night. We're going to be here at prayer time. We love you. Have an amazing week.